He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day... He vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is... Now! The OG of Jets podcasting and blogging is back! Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in! Live from the Vivid Seat Studios, use the promo code OVERTIME for up to $100 off your first ticket purchase after you download the Vivid Seats mobile app. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back, the real me, let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton and Josh Conrad on Turn on the Jets Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year. I am your host, Brian Bassett, and you can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. And as always, after an epic win over the Cowboys in week six by the Jets, uh, I am here with Travis Milton, who you can follow on Twitter at dash 37 board 27. And our co-host as well, Josh Conrad, who you can find on Twitter at Josh underscore Conrad. Fellas, what the hell happened on Sunday? The Jets beat the Cowboys. Wow. We we won a football game. We look like an NFL team and we won a football game, guys. <laughs> You're taking it a step like further than I was gonna go. It's just gonna be like, oh my god, we played a football game. Like we we the, the Jets played. And they played like they played. It it was amazing to see. Like I like I just totally so I was traveling and caught the second half of the game live. Um but like I was just anticipating just utter slaughter and, you know, I'm following the game in the car as we're, as we're headed down um, to a conference and I can see, okay, the jets are winning. And then we get to a bar. I'm watching the second half. Holy crap. You know, they're, they're up big. And, you know, obviously it kind of, you know, the, the, the Cowboys came back and got back into the game, but, you know, I mean, to the very end, bitter, bitter, you know, it could have been a bittersweet, uh, loss if they they lose that game on the two point conversion or well, I guess tie, um, but what was just surprising to me was holy crap! Like you know this team is playing in this game and they're competing. So I guess my question is: Is this a function of Sam Darnold playing and being healthy, or is this a function of the Cowboys are overrated, or is it a little bit of both? Like wh- where do you feel on that, Travis? You know, anyone that's listened to this podcast has heard me bitch and moan about the uh, the offensive line and be, you know, pissy and negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yesterday, I think uh, one of the, the the things I don't think I realized would affect the Jets so much was Sam Darnold's ability to extend a play and to make quick reads. Uh, he, he saved the offensive line's ass in a lot of moments and uh, – as opposed to them saving his ass. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a big thing, but also, yeah, the Cowboys were totally overrated that uh, like the, the, the amount of, of drop passes and things like that. Uh, the freaking the, the, the defense did not look great. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm saying that as a Jets fan. So I mean, right. it's still better than us most weeks, but sure. uh, I'll take it. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think it's a little bit of both. What, yeah, yeah. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I think, I think we're seeing, you know, that, the Cowboys, which three weeks ago looked like world beater, you know, 
looked like world beaters. Dak Prescott was going to get a $40 million contract. Kellen Moore was going to get, you know, the, the, the first choice of what NFL team you wanted to coach next year. And like, they've, they've obviously not played well the last three weeks. So it, it's a little bit of both, obviously like getting, getting a starting NFL quarterback back on your team um, matters in the NFL. And so, you know, for weeks here, like the couple of plays Trevor Simeon played and then the weeks of Luke Falk, it's like those guys are, are backups and third stringers for a reason. Um, you know, when, when a pass rush is coming, they're not, they're not as sure on their feet to, to make moves. Like I was so impressed with Dar- with Donald's footwork yesterday, like avoiding, avoiding edge rushers, stepping up in the pocket, rolling out. Like he just looked confident. Um, and like, if, if there's one thing you need to feel, it's that your NFL quarterback, like he, he can make plays when a defense rushes him, which is what happens on every single play in the NFL. So man, I feel, I feel it's a little bit of both, but I, I actually feel like it's, if it trends one way or the other, it's having Darnold back. Like he looked so sharp yesterday. Like I'm, I'm suggesting we all go out and contract mono in all of our lives. And <laughs> superpowers. That it. And, and if, if you recall, my career exploded right afterwards. It's a great point. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, you weren't doing, you know, whatever celebrity chefs with Jose Andres and dropping yeah. in on Netflix series and things like that prior to that, but, Yep. Somehow mono mono does that to to grown ups. So so well well done, Travis. Well done, Sam. And I think yeah, to your to your point there, um, how Darnold affects things is right. Like so okay. So I'm so I'm at a, a a software conference with with my team and many of the software developers on our team. Some of them are football fans, but most of them are not. And so I'm trying to explain to them. Okay, so like Sam Darnold was the quarterback for the Jets. He's one. He is, I think, the youngest quarterback since the merger to start um, to start an NFL game. And in fact, he's so young, he's still contracting mono as a as a quarterback in the NFL, and that has a real value. And so, I think the the point is like we're seeing him start to mature, and like you know the the progression which we saw at the end of last year. Now we're getting the continuation of that, and the fact that he doesn't have mono anymore, so he's not just throwing Jameson Crowder. 25 times um but right i mean the plays and to your point travis his ability to avoid the rush uh and know kind of where the protections are going to break down and improvise to then you know get the ball to the players he needs to and i think we uh, travis you said it offline like his the rap the rapidity i guess is the word the rapidity of his read progressions um, was impressive, right? So, like, talk more a little bit about that. Like, so you're saying he's going quickly through his reads and able to just basically make a decision with the ball before the rush is coming? Kind of. I mean, that, I mean, that's all a part of it. But also, I mean, you know, after the snap, the amount of time it's, you know, taking him to go through mm-hmm. his progressions and get the ball out of his hands uh, right. is much quicker than I – you know, maybe it's because I haven't seen him, you know, on field. Yeah, in, since December, playing well. Exactly. Yeah, since yeah. yeah. But I, I, I didn't recall it being, you know, that quickly and that decisively in the ball getting out of his hands, you know, with, as you said, rapidity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if that's a word. Is that actually a word? I'm making it a word. We're, we're making it a word. It's like strategic. It. Strategery. It's now a word. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Bushism. Yes. Um but you know, I I think that I was I was lulled into my 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 
you know, complete and utter negativity by the, you know, the past, you know, three or four weeks of, of the Jets playing. And, and I hadn't really, or maybe I'd just taken it for granted or just not remembered it, but I, I don't recall him being that sharp and it was impressive to me. And I, 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 I came out of that game like very hopeful for once in my life for yeah. the Jets. Well, yeah, and, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But in the meantime, like Sam Darnold, obviously, you know, the star, uh, and he's getting all the ink today in, in New York in the newspapers. But one of the other players who certainly deserves commendation is is Jamal Adams, who played maybe one of the best games of his career. And that's saying something for a young player who is, you know, pretty impressive. Um, nine tackles, uh, one and a half for loss, and just his ability to um, – you know, put pressure on 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 the the Cowboys' offense at important moments in the game. Like if you remember that series where they went for it, they were kind of inside the ten, and um, it was I think seven three was the score. And so Adams um, helps he helps on the third down stop, or maybe he gets the third down stop, and then he and Quinn and Williams kind of combine to stop Dak Prescott on that fourth and two. Um, you know, and then that then turns into on the next play or whatever that 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 ser- next series. Um, you know, Darnold comes in and he throws to that uh, to Robbie Anderson for that long touchdown. Um, what did you guys think when you saw Jamal Adams? Like, is is he was he just energized and up for that game because it was the Cowboys, or was it just the fact that Darnold's back? Or I, I don't know, like. What were you guys watched it live? I, I got to only watch the second half. When you watched Jamal Adams play, what impressed you specifically? Yeah, I feel like like I don't know what has changed in the in the last week or two here, but man, the play calling defensively, it just it just felt like everything was clicking. And I know like the second half, the Cowboys especially could move the ball. You know, I, we still need to talk about our, our linebackers and most of the secondary. I mean, Zeke Elliott was all over the place, but. Man, it felt it just felt like an energized play calling scheme um, that we saw Leonard Williams probably play his best his best game in I, geez like two years. Like mm-hmm. seeing Quinton Williams come up with a big play, Jamal just flying all over the field making plays, especially on that two point conversion. It it felt inspired and it felt strategic. Like I don't know if there's something they saw this week. Greg Williams and the defensive coaching saw this week that they could exploit some things from the Cowboys, but it just felt like almost everything was kind of clicking um, from the play calls. And so when they needed a big stop, they just got them. And so, um, I mean, Jamal, maybe a little bit more pumped having Sam Darnold back, maybe feeling like there's a way that, you know, this team can turn the corner with this second half schedule. I I don't know. I don't know what was all going into it, but it feels like a, you know, a, a kind of a, a combination of, of excitement, good play calling, and just really great execution made for him to have a really great game. Brian, sorry to interrupt for a second, but I just have to let people know about something really awesome. My brother Craig, he said that the Jets were not only going to cover, but A, it was his lock of the week, and B, he picked them to win outright and advised people to bet them on the money line. If you would have taken his advice by going over to mybookie.ag and using the promo code OVERTIME, you would have made yourself a whole bunch of money, and they would have doubled your deposit, so you would have made double the amount that you bet 
as well. Could have been on a bunch of props, whether or not Darnold was going to throw over two touchdowns, whether or not the Cowboys were going to be able to get past the Jets' offensive line for multiple sacks. You could have bet on the amount of yardage that Robbie Anderson was going to have. A lot of prop bets you could have placed. If you missed out, I suggest you copy what Craig says next week. Again, mybookie.ag. Promo code OVERTIME, and they will double your first deposit. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, and you get paid. Okay, sorry about that, Brian. Go ahead, continue. Uh, Travis, on that last play of the game, well, I mean, the last crucial play of the game, the the two-point conversion um, where the Cowboys elected to to throw the ball instead of maybe run with, with Zeke Elliott there, um, take me through how you were feeling when you were watching that moment and kind of the pressure Jamal Adams got on uh, got on Dak Prescott at, at, at that moment. So I was watching it on my computer. So I was uh, I was on like maybe a, a 35, 40 second <laughs> delay. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, due to that delay, I was looking down at my phone at text from you and Josh oh, and actually missed the play. <laughs> I just looked up and was like, holy shit. Oh, man. I was sitting in the bar. I was sitting in the bar with my with my uh, like team and we're watching it and I'm just and they're like, oh, my gosh, like, they, you know. They, you know, this is this is a situation where you know the way the game has unfolded completely could essentially reverse itself in one play, and you're looking at it. They're going for two, you know, they're wherever they are on the two yard line or whatever it is, and and I'm just thinking this is like it. I mean, the, the Cowboys have a pretty good offensive line. I mean, maybe it hasn't been great today. The Jets have you know certainly asserted their will a bit, uh, but you've got Zeke Elliott. Like, of course you're going to run here. Like, why would you throw? on a you know on a two-yard situation to, to win the game and it felt like watching it uh play out and and then seeing you know the pressure so jamal adams gets pressure the ball comes out early you know incomplete pass and it just it felt like the end of that um seahawks patriots game now i know there was interception kind of in that situation but um but like it's like you've got Marshawn Lynch, like just run the ball and win, you know, win the game, and uh, and that is kind of similarly how it played out for the Cowboys. Like I don't understand in that situation why they elected to throw, um, and I think that that certainly cost them. They could have, you know, they could have, you know, swung the tide there in that moment, um, but they didn't. And so I was very happy, but like, but it was just one of those moments where like, oh, okay, I, I'm so used to the Jets being in this situation. They've, you know, let me down for a number of years now. Like, it's just going to be another, another time where that happens. And, you know, lo and behold, Adams, you know, had some incredible pressure to, to force that early pass. So, um, so yeah, hats off to Jamal Adams, hats off to Sam Darnold. Um, I don't know when we look to the future now, as we look to the next couple weeks, uh, Patriots, okay, and then things really soften up for for a good long while. But having seen the way Sam Darnold played and seen his connection with Robbie Anderson, which is certainly still there, and right, he has you know poor Robbie Anderson has, has languished um, with backup quarterbacks and you're just someone with the in, players with the inability to get the ball to him. How do you look at right the next you know section of the season? And are we you know I was super downcast a week ago and while i still don't think this team is you know going to the super bowl um are we allowed to have more hope uh one having seen the way the cowboys game played out i mean i certainly don't know that they're going to beat the patriots but josh what do you think like are you 
Are you feeling more optimistic as we kind of head into the middle stretch of the season? Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, the several of the next weeks, I mean, through really through um, the, the, the second Dolphins game on uh, December 8th, like after that, it's, it's a little bit dicey with Ravens, Steelers, Bills, but like Dolphins twice, the Bengals, the Raiders, the Redskins, the Giants, the Jaguars. And then obviously this this coming week against the Patriots, like there's probably f- five wins I feel pretty good about. Um, mm-hmm. But I think more than more than this year, I, I still don't think I don't think an epic run is coming. Um, I don't want to be the the Jets fan who thinks we're beating the Patriots next Monday. Like I don't know mm-hmm. that game, but I do feel like we're starting to see a little bit of you know very freshly and out you know one day later. Um, with with Darnold, with with some of the receivers, you know, let's see what we what we have when Herndon comes back. If we can address the offensive line and the secondary, like I feel like there's there's now a little bit of momentum riding back toward okay, let's let's build this let's build this roster over the next two years and really become a contender. But um, I I I feel optimistic, but at the same time, I don't see many. I don't I don't see nine wins left. Like I don't I don't think we're making a playoff push here. I feel like we'll finish somewhere around six and 10 or, you know, if things go really well, like a seven and nine season, but um, you know, it, it, uh, I'm optimistic. I think we'll compete in some of these games. I think we'll compete next Monday. I think at least two through two or three quarters, we'll feel like the jets are keeping this within one or two possessions. And then, you know, I, I fully anticipate to lose by double digits, but um, right now, like it'd be hard not to have some optimism, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the way I feel. How, how about you, Travis? Like, I, again, I it kind of feel like that, as we talked about last week, that Houston game, like, I don't expect you to, you know, beat the world. I just expect you to be competitive. And, right, like, even if the Jets lose that game against the Cowboys yesterday, I mean, hey, they were competitive. And we'll, we'll talk in a second here. We want, I want to talk about the defense and the penalties because we haven't even gotten to that yet. Uh, but, yeah, Travis, when you look at this team and you look at the future, uh, how are you? are you revising your – um, your gloom? Um, no, um, <laughs> not a hundred percent. Uh, I thought the play calling was better yesterday and uh, you know, I, I, I don't disagree with a lot of the, the, uh, the, the talking heads and, in, in that, you know, the play calling is completely different when Darnold is in there because Darnold has a completely different and better skill set than, you know, mm-hmm. a second, third string quarterback. I agree with that. Uh, I'm still not 100% sold on that, and I, you know, I, I don't think we're beating the Patriots. The offensive line, I'm still not sold at all. Although, you know, I was stoked to see Lewis playing well yesterday. Winners actually had a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think I can come. I don't think I can allow myself to be that vulnerable <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and believe in this team to that point. I've, I've been hurt too many times. No, I hear you. I hear you. Um, there was, uh, yes, it, it, it's, you know, the, the, the trope is the old, you know, Charlie Brown and Lucy in the football, right, situation. And the Jets get a win like this, and it's it's like, okay, Lucy's not going to pull this football away next time. And and then she does, right? So, so, so there is this fear of, like, am I really going to? try and make this kick, uh, you know, am I going to, you know, I'm going to put my heart back into it again. And right with, I'm with you, Travis, where 
I, I want to see how they play. You know, I, I need more data points, right? I need them to play well, even if even in a loss to the Patriots, before I'm ready to say, okay, like let's uh, <laughs> let's if, see where this team gets Patriots, before the end of the year. Oh, that, I don't Patriots, think that's happening. But I don't either. But I'm going to be listening to that Barry Mandelow song where it's uh, what I can't remember the name of, but uh, I think it's like I'm ready to take a chance again. Yeah, chance on love. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah that's then, uh, that's probably roses. Open up and be vulnerable. The yeah, the, obs- the obscurity of pop culture the three of us bring into this podcast. <laughs> It's like if you're a listener out in the world and you, you have no idea what we're talking about, like just congratulations. Like we are opening up your eyes to a world you never knew existed. Yeah, Barry Manilow. Yeah, ready to take a chance again. That's the song, yeah, man. It's great. Barry. Barry. Uh, yeah. Um I did see Barry Manilow in concert one time, FYI. Were the Golden Girls the opening act or no. oh, man, I would have I would have shit my pants if that was the case. <laughs> I I just I, I I love the visual of Travis Milton drinking hand screaming Oh Mandy at the top. <laughs> it makes me so happy. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress, and that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020. 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them. Keep up with all the transfers in college basketball and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Travis, Travis is when Travis is in, he's all in. I think the thing that that's the that's the thing that's most surprising about him is like 
I'm, I'm not trying to stereotype you, Travis, but you're just a big guy with, you know, bushy beard and yeah, you're a chef and you're kind of a tough dude, but then it's like, oh dude, I love me some genuine, right? Or, oh dude, like I love me some golden girls or like, oh dude, I love me some, some Barry Manilow. It's like, wait, what? What? Okay. All right. Like, oh, I, I love, I love singing Backstreet Boys karaoke. Like, okay. I love yeah, it. Right? I love it. So good. You're, you're so confident in who you are. You do not give a fuck what other people think, which is what I that is what I love about you, brother. Correct. Love it. So okay, so more. Let's let's talk more about um, the penalties in the defense. So right. So the big thing that happened was going into the half was oh my gosh, like the Jets are are winning. They're winning pretty big here um, compared to how we thought this was going to happen. And then you start to see the air getting let out of the balloon a little bit in the second half, and we saw that kind of with the defense certainly went into. I mean, and hey, right, They when they needed the plays, they came up big, right? So kind of that bend-don't-break style, um, but then also, you know, the penalties, right, which was which was crucial um, and kind of let the Cowboys get back into the game. Um, how do you guys feel about that? Is that just something the Jets can clean up or just they're they're overmatched, you know, when you're still running Tremaine Johnson out there uh, and, and they're just not going to be able to clean it up? Or And this is what we need to expect this year until they add some more pieces, you know, get guys like, you know, Avery Williamson back or, or whatever. Josh, when you think about this team, do you feel like this is the way it's going to be? Ben, don't break and, you know, penalties galore or what? Yeah, I, th- I feel like I feel like there are there are weeks coming up. I think this Monday could be one of them where Jets come running in a little bit, a little bit too close to the sun um, and get burnt on a lot of a lot of pass interference, a lot of defensive holding, um, a lot of offsides, a lot of, you know, like I, I think there there are a lot of. A lot of penalties coming, especially at some of these positions where, um, you know, like for, for the majority of it, you know, a, a younger defensive line. I feel like a guy like Tom Brady is going to look for every edge he can get. Uh, what, what's encouraging to me is that, you know, seemingly yesterday we didn't have to keep sending the house. I know, you know, there's certainly big blitzes that Greg Williams dialed up, but it felt like that front four played so well um, in, in, in a, you know, against a Cowboys line that I know is, is a little bit banged up, but like it's, it's always being reported as one of the top five in the league. And so that was really encouraging. And if we can get some pressure um, on Tom Brady using four guys and make him make plays and find, find spots in the secondary, which I know aren't super hard to do against this secondary, but I feel a little bit optimistic that, um, you know, maybe some of these guys are turning the corner. If Leonard Williams has any, any value, you know, going forward, not just eating up space, but actually becoming a playmaker in the middle of that defense, opening things up for some of the other guys. I feel like there's some optimism to be had here, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a mixed bag. We're going to get great plays mixed with, you know, Tremaine Johnson getting burnt for a 70 yard touchdown. So I, you know, I think, I think those things are just going to continue. Um, hopefully against some of these not, not so great teams over the next six weeks. Um, there are, there are, there are offenses we can kind of hold in check and Darnold can get some time and mm-hmm. make some plays, but yeah, it, it's going to be a mixed bag for sure. I'm not, I'm not going full fledged. We're, a turned over defense at this point. Travis, what what are the keys to for for this defense as they go forward into this next group? If it's going to be a bend don't break unit, like what are the things that on a in a game by game situation? And again, like Tom Brady's going to you know he's going to tear you apart at the joints, but um, but what are the things that this team can do? Like where where are their areas of excellence that they need to just make sure they keep keep pushing when it comes to defense? You know, I I, th- I think they're actually pretty decent at stopping the run for the most part. 
Uh, and I think C.J. Mosley is going to be kind of the key to bridge the gap between the you know secondary play and you know line of scrimmage play. Uh, we've talked about it before. His his performance in the first half of the first game. I mean, it's it's only you know two quarters worth of football that we've seen him pretty right. much. But his coverage skills were amazing. He was up on the line, uh, playing great. I think I think his presence is going to change things. Uh, I'm not going to say like a ton, but it's going to have kind of that same effect, I think, as Darnold being back on the offense had. It's going to open up things for other people. But also, you know, he's going to be a little bit of that Band-Aid and let, you know, help Jamal and Marcus play a little bit, you know, more in – in, in, in the defensive backfield as opposed to being up on the line of scrimmage, I think, you know, they're going to be able to mask a little bit of the deficiencies of, of Tremaine and, and Daryl Roberts. Uh, I might be putting, you know, too much mm. on one person, but I, I really do, after seeing, you know, two quarters for the football from that dude, think that he's going to – I'm not going to say, you know, he's, he's him, him being back is going to, you know, rocket, skyrocket this defense into – you know the, the the top ten defenses in the the NFL, but I think he's going to help that bend don't break mm-hmm. uh, and and you know go a little bit more towards the don't bend don't break. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense? No, it does. And I think you know obviously they they've missed him, and you know some of the guys have stepped in and play well, right, Josh? But I don't know if you saw this report that uh, you know a couple of days ago that Mosley has been running like a Friday group of meetings. I think they call it like virtual reality Friday or something. I don't know. You can go Google it and find out. But, but the point is even in the fact where he's not playing, you know, he's still helping captain and coach up that defense, um, which is awesome. And, you know, you saw the fact that he was doubtful for this past week, which, you know, if, if he's not back against the Patriots, I definitely think he's back in two weeks. Um, and right, having that extra day off, so it's a, it's going to be a Monday night game, as you said, Josh. Like you know, it could be helpful. So so right, I think he's certainly going to help. It's not going to right to to Travis to your point, make it a top ten group, but but his presence will will can't hurt this group. Um, and but right, the penalties are I think are just going to be the penalties, um, and the, and that they are just going to need to right clean that up or not. And so yeah, hope so, for the best. So if C.J. Mosley runs a virtual reality, let's really dive deep into the Jets' defense and gets praised for it, and yet I do it and I get a cease and desist letter and <laughs> to yourself and others email, like, where's the – like, I, I would I – I just want equality, guys. I want to be able to run the dorkiest Jets' defensive mm-hmm. virtual reality world and just live my life, you know? You're – so you're not you're saying that when you when you're staring through the window at one jet's drive, kind of like peering through the window uh, creepily, like that's that's not creepy. Is that what when, you're saying? When I sit on my couch in full okay. jets pads and uniforms, oh, and okay. Williamson, my wife tells me to get a life. That's all. Oh, okay, you're saying so. It's like you know, it's 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 one set of rules for him and you have to play by a whole different set of rules and that's not if i want to spend 500 bucks and dress like avery williamson and sit on my couch i should be free <laughs> i should be applauded i think you're right that's that's a, that's a great point i think we're gonna i think we're gonna end the podcast here this is a good this is a good point where you can just say i don't know what else, i don't know what else, uh, i don't know what else there is to say at this point so so thank you um, I'm going to have to uh, if you if you're wearing Avery Williamson gear, 
I'm going to go ahead and get my Anthony Schlegel gear all set up. And uh, Travis, who, 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 who will you be wearing when we have our, our trio virtual reality meeting? Oh, Lord. I actually, like, I know I posed that question to everybody else, but I don't think mm-hmm. I thought about it for myself. Mm, that's a good question. Um, What's the worst Jets? I mean, Avery Williams is not bad. Anthony Schlegel is terrible. Who is the worst Jets player that you would happily wear a uniform of? Well, I will say I actually still own a LaRon Landry jersey. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> I know. He was and I will occasionally like, put it on. Maybe? And, uh, yeah, that's what, I'll be, that's what I'll be wearing. I would, I would – if, if you're wearing a LaRon Landry jersey, I might have to wear a Curtis Maben jersey to go with Ooh. Your... <laughs> Oh, yes. Uh, Good times. Good times. Well, hey, gentlemen, thank you so much. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. We're excited that we get to talk to you after a Jets win. Um, Be sure to check out all the awesome content on Turn On The Jets this week, as well as uh, the Turn On The Jets podcast, as well as the Play Like A Jet podcast network. There's tons of content that those guys are cranking out for you. We will be back next week. I'm not exactly sure if we will do a Monday show or a Tuesday show. We'll have to check in with the bosses and see where they want us uh, deployed, but we will happily uh, rise to the challenge. So thank you for listening. Make sure to rate and review, and we will see you next week. Adios.